So that went on for two and a half years, and it sucked. There was times like I'd have to be taken by ambulance, and we'd have neighbors rushing up to us at three o'clock in the morning while ambulance was putting me on a stretcher. And they're like, oh my gosh, is Emmett dying? No, he's just, just <laughs> having, he's having issues right now with the IBD. Like yellow hash mark, and yeah. number six. <laughs> exactly. And so, Emmett's wearing a shirt around school. I'm yeah. not dying. Yeah. Stop asking. But, um, you know, it, it's hard because high school, obviously, for anyone who's gone through it, high school and college are nothing to like. You know, I'm here right now. I'm not in college classes. Don't tell Eastern or anything that I'm skipping. But, yeah. Um, you know, high school, it's every day, you're always missing classes, so the, the workload started piling up and up and up. And luckily, all teachers were, they were perfect in handling it. They totally understood where I'm coming from. They they knew that I was willing and wanting to like work as hard as I could, because when you're, when you're dealing with this stuff, it's so easy to just have a negative outlook on life, mm. that you're just like, you know what, if this is gonna happen, screw it, I'm, I'm not gonna try in school, I'm just gonna. It can snowball fast. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Good morning, everyone. This is Jared Basson with Mark McCain, and you are listening to Triumph Every Day, where we discuss the journeys that shaped the lives of our guests and how it brought them to where they are today. And uh, we have the the offspring of <laughs> current of recent uh, of recent guest was uh, Sarah Freeman. Emma Freeman is our guest. Hi, right, how are you guys so doing? She talked uh, a lot about her son. We talked a lot about her son and her son's journey um, with just fitness with health with uh you know professionally where you're going so we were like you know we got to get him on here to tell his side of the story yeah uh, it does exist you know what <laughs> one thing we didn't ask sarah was like embarrassing stories of emmett that we could have really laid up mm-hmm. man i'm sure you got a couple you don't mind sharing yeah it'll be no. fine um so just to get everybody kind of up to speed tell us a little bit about yourself where you're from what you're doing kind of uh uh, the 60-second the version of Emmett. Yeah, um, so originally I was born and raised in uh, Lexington, Kentucky. Um, lived there through fourth grade. Then we moved to North Carolina for about a year and a half. After that, we uh, moved to back up to Northern Kentucky for my dad's job and been there ever since. And right now, I'm about to be a junior at Eastern Kentucky University, becoming a pilot. Well, I am a pilot now. You are a pilot. Yeah, sure. I am a pilot, but um, majoring in professional flight. Hoping to go to the airlines one day. That's the twenty-second version. Man, you're gonna be a junior. Yeah. This is the first. Jeez. The first thing I need to ask. You can't really tell in this in this screen <laughs> that you're watching right now, but and it's like eleven feet tall. <laughs> so. Yeah. How, we, we've watched that happen. Like, I know. Yeah, I yeah. used to be taller than you. Yeah. How <laughs> How do you fit in the cockpit? So that that's a question that I get a lot. You would be that, and do you play basketball? Yeah. And um. What's you your know, standard answer for both of those? Um, yes. No to the basketball. Although I'm probably going to start just because I get asked so much. I'm going to start saying yes. <laughs> <laughs> and um, for fitting the cockpit, like people always assume that it's the smallest like like space. But you know, you have I'm, more leg room than we do. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Like I'm oh, scooted God. up. Like I'm uh, like <laughs> like this just so I can reach everything. So everyone's like, "Aren't you sticking your head out the window while you're?" Flying? I'm like, "No, no, I'm not." <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll get back to the fight stuff. Yes, yeah. I want to. I want to go a little bit deeper to that. Sure, but, sure. Um, 
So how long were you guys in North Carolina for? Um, we were there for a year and a half. We ended up moving there because my dad um, transferred within his company. And so we were there for a year and a half. It was, you know, North Carolina is one of those places where it's beautiful, but I hope I never live there again because like where we lived was there were seven houses on a road. There was no kids my age. My best friend was a 35 year old guy named Micah. And <laughs> tell us about that story. Yeah. <laughs> well, he was. Like, I watch. I just started watching Making a Murderer. Uh, I was like, oh, like, like hey, my forty-three-year-old uncle told me to do this. Yeah, no, but like he taught me how to ride four wheelers and stuff. Stuff that is fun, but I could have really used like the whole kid aspect. Like we had, I tried how, to get. How a, long were you there for? Like until what age? Um, let's see. It was, uh, ha- so we moved there at the end of fourth grade year and moved back to Kentucky midway through sixth grade. Yeah, so that that kind of young age where you're usually running around playing with a bunch of right exactly right when like you're trying to um get friends over and it ends up that they're mike you can't sleep over (laughs) yeah Yeah. well well, yeah and like they were like fresh and married and everything and they're wanting to do their married stuff and like i was like mom i'm gonna go hang out with mike she's like no stay home like they have to do their adult things okay okay but um no like i tried to get friends over but like their moms were scared that we were gonna kidnap them and like take them across state borders. You haven't lived here your whole life. (laughs) So, you know, it it was hard to kind of swallow that pill, but yeah, moving here, then I started making friends and everything. And, um, you know, Northern Kentucky was a huge blessing it ended up being, so. Very cool. Yeah. Awesome. Very cool. Um, So, uh, what was the like, have you always just like, I, I want, like some people are like, I, I want to be this in life. Right. Have you always, I want to be a pilot or is it something that formed like through, like I know taking a trip, be, being from uh, the Cincinnati area, going up to the, the uh, uh, Wright-Patterson Air right. Force Base right. and the, the, the museum up there, it was just like, I've, I've always loved flying, but I never thought like, I want to be a pilot. Right. But I just thought that was like. You know, it was one of those things I remember going with my grandpa and be like, wow, this is really mm-hmm. cool stuff. I don't know if there was a moment like that or if it was just something you've always been interested in. Um, well, when I was younger, I told myself and I told my parents that I was going to be the quarterback for the Seattle Seahawks. Um, Very specific. Right. Yeah, I, was, I had my Matt Hasselbeck jersey on and I would, I'd pass to myself and tell them that I was going to be a superstar. But, you know, in reality, going through high school and everything... Originally, I wanted to do like aeronautical engineering and be on the engineering and designing side of it. And then I was like, no, I don't. And so then I was like, you know what? I'll do the management side of aviation. And I was like, why Why would I go through that work? Let me just fly the airplanes. And so now, and finally I was like, you know what? I'm flying them. And so here I am today. But no, it's always been aviation. You know, my dad was a helicopter pilot in the Army. And... Um, just throughout my whole life there's always been airplanes in and out of my life so i was just like you know what this has been such an instrumental part that like why not just carry on the tradition and so um originally i did want to go the whole military route of it but um due to events that i'm sure we'll get to soon that was unable to happen but yeah yeah did you attempt to get into the the army, or is it just like something like yeah? Well, I know that where I'm at health wise, they are they're not going to let me. Yeah, it was it was yeah. the whole health side of it. Yeah, you know, I like I want to go Air Force, but yeah, I was like, no. when when did that um, you know those kind of issues with your health start to arise? It was so it was eighth grade. 
it was the Christmas break of eighth grade year is when we started seeing stuff and originally there um, we just went to like our local doctor and they're like yeah you ate something bad so they put me on medication which ended up making it even worse because they had no idea what it was yeah. and so finally went to um, Children's Hospital and we're like you know what the, like these are our symptoms and everything and they're like okay well you know let's go give you let's go put you into a small procedure we're gonna go look inside see what's up and so they did and they came back and you know as an eighth grader I was I've been healthy like all my life I sports baseball soccer swimming you name it I've done it except for basketball no, <laughs> never never did basketball but you used to always not be this tall so right. it wasn't like <laughs> <laughs> and so um like they they sat us down like well um we, we found that you have IBD and being someone who had never had to deal with this, I was like, what is that? Like, and so, um, in talking, like we found out this is not some small thing. And what does that stand for? Um, so it's irritable bowel disease. You know, most people know the IBS, IBS side. Yeah. yeah. The IBS side. So like, Oh, you have IBS? No, I have IBD, different stuff. But, um, you know, it's, it's a diseased, um, like tracking your GI system and, it sucks. I'm just like I won't even go to all of it. If you want to, you can you can look up what it's Google like. Google that. Yeah, you can Google yeah. that. But um, maybe not at work. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But um, no. So it, it wasn't some small thing, but I made myself like not realize that it was going to be as big because I was like, you know, what? no, they're not right. I'm a I'm a normal kid. Like I'm healthy and everything. I slowly found out that you know things were going to start changing. But um, yeah. So um. <clears throat> You had this small procedure, which ended up down the road, you had a, a very large procedure. Right. Um, uh, maybe go into a little bit of that. And it, I think for me, what I want to, because you have one of the best outlooks on life that, <laughs> yeah. I, like you, yeah. you, you're, you're wildly optimistic. Um, and for a lot of people, when they hear like, you know, maybe what happened to you, there, there, it would be like, what was me? You know, so me twofold, kind of maybe go in a little bit of depth of exactly what, what you had to go through and okay. then um, yeah. kind of maybe just what that's like emotionally as, a, as basically a kid. Yeah, no, because, definitely. Uh, as, even as adults, you know, where you have a little bit better coping skills, um, I think most people are not prepared to do, right. uh, go through a lot of that stuff. So um, everything started happening um, the middle of eighth grade year and from there to about the end of sophomore year of high school, um, the doctors kept trying to put me on medicines. Like I'm sure, like there's like the Humira and all that stuff. Uh, all the all those medications you see on um, TV for like commercials and everything. So they started putting me on those, and none of them would work. So it would be you know two weeks on the medicine, and then it would stop working. I would build immunity to it, and I would get back to having flares, and I would have to get hospitalized for so for two and a half years. It was just nonstop trying something, being hospitalized, trying something, being hospitalized. And this was happening during the school year, too. So I was having to miss two to three weeks of school at a time being hospitalized and everything. And, you know, in that early high school setting, that's not an easy thing to do because everyone's, you know, you're making friends. You're trying to just be young and everything before it's time yeah. to kind of grow up. But it ended up being that I had to grow quickly. But, you know, it, it is hard because... Um, while everyone seems to be like normal and you know your outlook is oh like everything's wrong with me but it seems like everything like nothing's wrong with other people um, 
you know, you have people coming up to you like, oh, why'd you just miss two weeks of school and everything? And you don't want to admit to them that you were in the hospital and everything like that. It's an embarrassing thing when you're that age. So you just have to kind of give them the, oh, I was sick, you know, it's all good and everything, I'll be fine. But then when it starts happening every, like, every <laughs> yeah. couple of weeks, yeah. like, are you dying? I'm like, no, just, just don't worry about it. I'm taking care of it and everything. So that went on for two and a half years and it sucked there was times like i'd have to be taken by ambulance and we'd have neighbors rushing up to us at three o'clock in the morning while ambulance was putting me on a stretcher and they're like oh my gosh is him dying no he's just just <laughs> having he's having issues right now with the ibd like a little hash mark yeah number six <laughs> exactly and so and it's wearing a shirt around school i'm yeah. not dying yeah stop asking but um you know it, it's hard because high school Obviously, for anyone who's gone through high school and college, are nothing to like. You know, I'm here right now. I'm not in college classes. Don't tell Eastern or anything that I'm skipping. But yeah. um, you know, high school, it's every day. You're always missing classes, so the the workload started piling up and up and up. And luckily, all teachers were they were perfect in handling it. They totally understood where I'm coming from. They they knew that I was willing and wanting to like work as hard as I could because when you're when you're dealing with this stuff, it's so easy to just have a negative outlook on life. That you're just like, you know what? If this is gonna happen, screw it. I'm I'm not gonna try in school. I'm just gonna. It can snowball fast. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. And so, you know, at no point was I ever like that. I was like, you know what? This is what this is what God's giving me. I'm I'm gonna do my best to be the best person, live the best life that I can with the circumstances that I have. And so, every time I would get back from the hospital, I would go to teachers like, okay, what do I have? What do I need to get done? And boom, 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 I would knock it out. And it ended up being that at the end of high school, I graduated with a 4.67 GPA. I was summa cum laude, like multiple honor societies and everything. But um, I didn't. Th- I didn't think it went higher than 4.9. Yeah. Yeah. Well, clearly I didn't have. That. Yeah. Um, so he's getting there's high. <laughs> <laughs> but so going back a little, so um, after sophomore year, you know, for two and a half years, I've been just having everything fail. So it it just seemed like you know what. They, um, they were running out of medications and like, well, we have these two more, they're experimental, they haven't really been, you know, like, tested as much and everything. I was like, you're, you're going to kill me. And so, I was like... We're either going to have superpowers Right, or... right. I was like, this is, how you got so tall. Yeah, this is how Marvel movies start. <laughs> and um, so, I was like, you know, give me, give me other options. And they told me that there was this surgery... Uh, IBD is split up into two categories. You can either have ulcerative colitis or Crohn's disease. Everyone knows Crohn's disease. No one knows ulcerative colitis. But uh, the surgery, they said that, you know, we can take out your colon if you have ulcerative colitis, which I mean, ulcerative colitis is when the IBD is strictly inside the colon and not the entire um, GI system. And so they told me, you know, we're going to go scope you one, one last time for right now. Uh, to officially determine whether or not you have ulcerative colitis, and if you do, we can go ahead with the surgery. And so, you know, that's that's not a little thing. This is a matter of, are you going to get surgery and have pretty much everything fixed, or are you going to continually have to go down the path of having medicines and everything? Yeah. Right. And um, so we went in, got scoped, and about two weeks later, they came back and they brought us into the room and they told us. You have ulcerative colitis, and I'm like, Whew. okay, so so we it's a weird thing to be yeah. relieved about, right? It is. You know? Most people are not relieved that they're being told that they have a disease, yeah. but um, 
No, it was, it was a huge yeah, stress off our shoulders. And so, um, they're like, you know, this is going to be a three part surgery over a course of nine months. And, um, you know, it's, it's not going to be easy. There's going to be a lot of stuff that goes into it, but you know, at the end of it, you should come out like on top and you'll be feeling better and everything. So, um, yeah, I, I was on top of the world. I, I couldn't believe the news I was hearing. And so, you know, went home and I was like, let's like, let's go parents. You know, we got, we're, we're going to fix this and everything. And, um, they told us that if you want to progress through the surgery quicker, it like, they were happy that, you know, I was this tall, lanky, healthy guy and everything. And I was like, I can do better. And I, so I'd been coming here to CrossFit and everything in and out of being sick. You know, whenever I was able to, I would sure. get in here and, um, I found out about the surgery. I was like, I, I'm going to show them. And so went went up to Coach Chris and we we're like, you know what, you know he's got these surgeries, you know, like we're gonna put him in the best shape he can be in to get there. So for the next couple months before the surgery, um, yeah, it was just it was three four times a week just training with um, Coach Chris. Getting your getting your butt whooped. I mean, oh yeah, on, on purpose. I mean, yeah. in a good way. Yeah, there was days where I just I wouldn't move because yeah, he he would wreck me. But he's um, evil. What? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but no, so. We go through three months of training, and um, they it comes time for surgery day, and so we go in, and they like they look at me and they're like, "Dang, like, yeah. <laughs> like you're looking healthy." I was like, "Let's do this." So the first surgery happened um, July, middle of July, going into my junior year of high school, and it was I think. I want to say it was like a nine hour surgery or something and this was my first time having surgery surgery uh-huh. and so you know i have no idea what went on i was just taking a nice little nap but um <laughs> yeah <laughs> but uh woke up i think like, multiple hours later i don't even remember the numbers anymore but um what what the surgery entails is they take out your colon and they take your small intestine and you have a colostomy bag on the side of you for nine months so for 16 years of my life, um, I I'd, I'd only known how to do everything one way. Yeah. And I, I wake up and I, I look down at my stomach, I'm like, what the heck is that thing? Yeah. And so it, it was a huge life changer because I was like, are you sure you guys can like do this? Is this like, is this legal? <laughs> and, and so, you know, for the next nine months, um, no matter like what, I, I had a bag on me, I had my small intestine outside of me like attached to my stomach, but I still came in here and I trained and I trained and I trained. Mm-hmm. And they told me for the second surgery, uh, the second surgery, which happened the beginning of December of my junior year, like this is gonna be the hardest surgery. It's gonna take you two weeks to recover and you know, expect the worst. You're not gonna eat for days. Like it, like living is gonna, it's gonna suck, but you know, ultimately you'll come out on top. And, you know, I took what they said I was like, okay, I'll, I'll believe it, I guess, but I'll show you guys that you're wrong. And so I came in here still, and there was days when I just didn't want to, but you know, I would, I'd power it out. And Chris and I would just, we would work my butt off. And so it came time for the surgery and they went through it and they said, you're not gonna be walking for almost a week. You're gonna be bedridden. And because of being in here and working my butt off, I, w- I was walking within three days yeah. and wow. they, awesome. they came in 
and they're like, why are you out of bed? And I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm up walking around. They're like, what? And they were about to like call the nurses and like give me, they're like, this guy's gone off the deep end. He's trying to get out. <laughs> and um, I was like, no, guys, like I can walk. And I start walking down the hallways and my surgeon comes in and he goes, you are the fastest person to ever recover from the surgery that I've ever been, like I've ever experienced. And he's been doing it for 20 years, like worldwide and everything. And this this guy's big time, and he's like, this is the fastest I've ever seen someone recover from it. I don't know how you did it, but you've somehow managed to do it. And I was like, triumph, strength, and conditioning. <laughs> and so, plug. yep. <laughs> and um, so, you know, went through that, and then the third surgery came six weeks later in March, and um, it just, it was the end of it. And I remember just leaving the hospital for the last time doing that, and I was like, mom like this is over with like we yeah. we've gone through this for the past four years of just non-stop shit and like it you know the, the multiple ambulance trips this like scares the just everything that's gone into it, it it's over mm. and so for the rest of junior year and senior it's like year the end of a horror movie yes it's like you made it through right. one survivor it's just like an absolute <laughs> train wreck of events and we're you know we're finally out on top of it and never once did i was like you know what? i'm gonna give up you know it's like the world's out to get me and everything no you can't have that outlook on life you have to take what you're given and you have to live your best life to do yeah. what you want and not let that stuff get you down how do you um Maybe for people that are going through whatever situation, you know, what kind of advice do you do you have for them? What advice do I have for them? You know, no matter what you're going through, it it might feel like the world is is crumbling down on you. And I know I know what that feels like. And you know, right now, like I've suppressed all the emotions of going through the stuff I went through in high school. I'm like, I'm not like scared to admit it that like I'm talking to a therapist now, and like. It, it's not good to suppress those things and I'm slowly learning but you know as cliche as it may sound like it's gonna get better like no matter what you're going through you just have you have to believe and you have to you have yourself to work through it no one else is gonna get you through it but you have to have the mentality that no matter what you're faced with that you are gonna do your best to come out on top of it because ultimately people can assist you in trying to make you feel like what you feel is what you feel and it it's your mentality and if you want to work towards it then you know what you can do anything there's no so what you're saying is it doesn't just fix itself right right no, this, life does not fix itself right yeah it's much like diseases right you know, so i mean yeah so you they laid the plan out for you and you're like i i mean i just love that attitude and uh it's a it's an incredible story man i, I really appreciate you sharing that yeah, being absolutely. vulnerable and and, and letting everyone hear that that's it's absolutely inspirational it's incredible being a small part of it you know here and it's been it's been incredible to watch man yeah you know one of the um i heard this the other day uh i don't remember exactly what it was from but you know they were talking about your your circumstances are not your fault but it is your responsibility right to do your best to get out right. of whatever situation you're in yeah you know because uh, cause a lot of people do play that that woe is me card and you know there's numerous stories on either end of people who had everything and lost it yep. and people who had nothing and gained everything right you know so it's really just about I think a lot of sheer willpower and you know what are you willing to do to uh, to better your situation right. those those woe is me people it's like 
going to get you. Yeah. Um, so <clears throat> maybe going back to the, some of the, the piloting stuff, um, what do you – because for me what it sounds like is you grew up very quick and learned a lot of really tough life, life lessons at a young age, which most people don't have the opportunity to do. Right. You know, I think, right. again, coming from your perspective – all of everything you've gone through is was more of an opportunity than it was a detriment. Yeah. Because I look at you now and you are far and well above where a lot of people yeah. are in their yeah. in their their mental capabilities than they are when they're 35. Right. You know, um, and like you said, uh, you know, you, you're talking to a therapist. Your mom actually <clears> mentioned <throat> something about it. Like, not a lot of that stuff didn't hit you until later on. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So, um, maybe just talk a little bit about how going through a lot of stuff really early on in your life has prepared you for things like getting your pilot license. Right. Um, yeah, no, it, it, going through it all was definitely a wake up call as to, you know, life's going to throw stuff at you and it, it's your job to either. Learning that at 16 is crazy. By yeah. The way. <laughs> yeah. And you know, the thing is with my story, you know, it's not the, it's not the worst story. Everyone, like there's people out there that have it off like a, much worse than me like I'm blessed where I am and everything but doesn't mean that I like haven't experienced hardships and I can't you know give my like tell my story but um no learning all that stuff at such a young age helped gain pilot's license because you know getting into college it, it's not high school you don't have your teachers there going okay little Jimmy you know you didn't do this math worksheet you know I'll let you do it again it's either it's your job to get your stuff done and that's how it is in aviation and so it's like in aviation the mentality is you know if you want it go do it but no one's there to like help you along the way like if you want help you can get it but no one's no one's looking after you it's your responsibility to do what you want to do and so like coming into aviation like that you know i have the mentality of, like i am here for one job and that's to become a pilot and so you know went through it you know, did all like the tests, did all the stage checks, the flying, getting up at 7.30 in the morning on a December day when it's four degrees outside and you're like, I don't want to be here right now. Mm -hmm. And 7.30 you, is, is very early as a college student. Oh, yeah. I just yeah. want to throw that out there. I remember scheduling an 8 a.m. Yeah. class. Don't, don't judge. That's, Mon that's early. Monday, yeah. Wednesday, Friday. Yeah. And it was like, right. I'll make it there. Yeah. I am still, <laughs> I am still a college kid. Like 7.30 sucks. Yeah. And, um. But, you know, if you want it, then you're going to go get it. And, you know, there's people that I know in the program where, you know, we're almost a year and a half into getting our licenses and everything. And, it, like, uh, there's a knowledge test that you're supposed to take, and they haven't done it yet. And they're like, oh, I'll, I'll start studying for it next week. Well, okay, it's, it's been six months that you've been saying that. Yeah. And, you, you know. You saw them at the bar last week. Or right, exactly. Yeah. And so there's um those like those people, you know, I hate to say it, but like, that's not going to get you anywhere in life. I think that's good news for you too. Sorry to jump in. Uh, you're going to meet a lot of those people in life. Yeah. Well, there's a correlation there between you know, there and fitness and any aspect in life. Right. Yeah. I'll do that next week. Right. Just, just do it. Get just do it. it. Yeah. I mean, we had a guy, yeah, literally we had a hold up the start of this. There was a guy that walked in and seemed like a very, very nice guy. And, you know, Jared was just like, kind of probably laughing in your head because we've seen some of these people come in and like I really want to do this and we used to probably almost spend an hour with people whenever they would come in right. and, and anymore it's like alright do it 
Yeah. You know, so it's just like literally almost to cut the conversation off. Like you're not trying to be short with that person. And it's almost like your buddy that's yep. saying, for, hey, then do it. And almost every time you see him from, from you know, here on out to college or whatever, it's like, hey, did you, did you do the test yet? Yeah. All right. Right. So, yeah. And and even, you know, I like have myself to blame. You know, <laughs> I'm, I'm saying all this and everything, but um, in college, you know, I get so like, so caught up in classes and mm-hmm. friends, love life and everything that, you know, I found myself going throughout college and I'm like, you know, working out and everything was a huge instrumental part of my life. And, you know, I've, I've slowly like realized, oh crap, like I haven't been to the gym in a long time. And so it, it's something that I'm still working on. Like sure. also, you know, I've, I seem like I have all this like wisdom and everything, but you know, I, I got stuff to work on myself. I'm, still learning to motivate myself to like you know what am i gonna sit here and watch the patriots game and eat a bag of doritos well, that's your first problem right uh, Listen, I'm not, no i'm a Bengals fan it's, it's just that was the last game i watched but um uh you know you gotta i'm still learning to motivate myself well, here's, to here's, yeah. here's the thing man, is you you have a hundred percent effort that you can give in one particular right. day right and it's really just prioritizing Mm-hmm. You know, like what do we, we went to the, uh, the ocean conference and he's talking mm-hmm. about, you know, he's like, ah, oh, man, I just, I get home from work and I'm just so tired. And my son comes up to me and says, dad, I want to kick the soccer ball around. And he's like, I just don't have any time. And he's like, that's fine. He's like, just next time you, your son asks you, tell him that he's not important. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's just about prioritizing. Right. 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 You know? And perspective. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it's one of those things where your priorities right now are very defined and, and. You know, you have a very, like, huge goal of I want to be the best pilot that has ever been. Right. You know, mm-hmm. and so therefore, things like your health and things like that may fall to the wayside. Now, the reality is, can you never pick those up again? Absolutely not. You just have to reprioritize somewhere. Absolutely. You know, I think that's where a lot of people just get stuck with like, well, I just can't. And I was like, yeah, you can't. You just have to reprioritize. It's just right. what is important. You know, whenever you were about to go through the surgeries, health and fitness was very important. And guess right. what you did? You're like, oh, that just shot up the ladder to number one, and now I have a goal to, you know, prove these doctors wrong. And you you took full advantage of that. And obviously, you know what what you're about to embark on with, you know, being a professional pl- pilot. You know, traveling so much, yep. and sitting down a lot, and yep. being taller. And so health and fitness will probably shoot back up the ladder and be like, okay, if I'm going to have a long-term healthy body, you know, career, all these things. I mean, I think what a lot of people do, you know, with, with, with health, health and fitness or you name it, they, they let it go by the wayside and let it go. And then they build it up and build up. Like I can never get back into this. Like, Oh, I I can't even do a push up or whatever it is. And it's just, you got to start where you start. Right. So right now, whatever you're going through and like, whatever, and like, Oh, well, I'll never, I won't be where I was. Probably not. But guess what? You start where you start, and then right. you will eventually get back there, and you'll exceed that person. Right. Um, what what is uh, what is getting a pilot license look like? Like what it, what all is involved with that? So, um, I don't know if any pilots are listening or anything. I've but seen Catch Me If You Can. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So so what <laughs> is so I just got my private um, pilot's certificate. You know, that's a huge thing in aviation. They're like, it's not a license, it's a certificate call. Whatever. But um Can you fly by yourself? Oh yeah. I can I can take you guys up now. 
Yes. All right, podcast over. Yeah. <laughs> um, but <clears throat> you fly a plane here. Yeah, it consists of forty hours um, total. There's a certain um, there's a checklist of how many hours you need of flight training, cross country time. But you know, like I don't you know, like I don't want to knock on <clears throat> any majors because everyone's everyone's important. But um, you know, there's some people stuck in you know. Music appreciation. I'm taking that. I'm a go. But um, like, there's people stuck in that class, and there's people like me who get to go out to the airport at 9:30 in the morning, get in an airplane, fly to Louisville, and then fly back. And that, like, that's my classroom. So, um, you know, I'm very blessed on life, being up in the air. You know, like I was going to solo my uh, first time ever, and my instructor hops out of the airplane. And, um, you know, the engine's going, you can't hear anything. I like, he tells me to take off my headset. He just looks at me and he goes, listen, once you're up in the air, you're the only one who can get yourself down. So don't die. And I was like, I mean, that's one way to look at it. Uh-huh. So, um, but no, it, it took, uh, about 45 hours to get my license just to stay current and everything. But, um, you know, you have to take a... Uh, knowledge test consisting of like 60 questions. You have like two hours to do it, but they like pull questions from like a 1,200 question word bank. So for two weeks, I literally had an app. I went through on memory. How many questions is it? 1,200 questions. No, but how many did they ask you? 60. Oh my God. And so I like, <laughs> I memorized all 1,200 questions to the point where I wouldn't even read the questions. I would recognize the answers and I just like click for, through it. forgot how to tie a shoe because he like memorized <laughs> yeah. everything. Yeah, pushed everything else out. Um, but so that sucked. But I got through it, passed it, and everything. And then the check ride. You know, when pe- some people take tests, there's the bar exam, there's other exams. I don't know what they're called. But um, uh, you know, for to get my uh, pilot's certificate, um, it consisted of sitting down with the DPE, who's like the uh, examiner for me, and there's a oral part and the actual flying part so for an hour he literally went through everything of like i need to know as a private pilot he like asked me questions so like we're just have... thinking of the like air version of a driver's test yeah just with a check mark yeah and, <laughs> instead of like but them asking like, like what's your horn it's all of the <laughs> right, right. <laughs> yeah and, the, and like instead of like what's this red octagonal stop sign they're like okay here's a sectional map what's this thing you're like this is a airport with class d airspace you can refuel here they have a rotating beacon the runway is 5300 feet long just all this stuff and you have to be able to just know it off the top of your head i failed yeah (laughs) and so like that's that's for you know some of them last an hour some of them last three hours and so after that depending on how long it goes they're like okay pre-flight the airplane we're going flying now and so you have to demonstrate all the maneuvers all the special takeoffs and landing and everything so i started about nine o'clock and ended at about one thirty. True. Yeah. And as long as it may seem, I felt like I was doing it for forty five minutes. It just uh, is it, there a break for orange slices somewhere in there? He gave yeah. me like a ten minute break and I was like, I'm gonna go eat my goldfish. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so but you know that like it doesn't seem like a lot, but you know, ultimately Well it sounds like a tremendous amount, yeah. honestly. Um, I mean, yeah. and and again to 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 give some perspective you're doing this um, at an age where, you know, you're for most people in their college experience are looking at you know, dollar dollar pictures. Oh yeah. And, uh, you know, 
not not that I have an idea what that's like. Um, ours were quarter. Right. So, <laughs> and like you know, it it sounds well. It may not sound cool to some people, but to me, it sounds freaking awesome. Yeah. Because like getting to fly airplanes in college, but it comes at a cost. It is yeah. it is not a cheap thing to do, but yeah. it's worth it. it. Pays off in the end. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Sure. I mean, uh, you know, I think anything worth worth doing. Um, you know, obviously you're either whether it's monetary or uh, whether it's just time oriented, like you're going to have some big sacrifices. Yeah. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, and again, you know, it's like one of those things where you, you I think again, going back to what we talked about earlier, you have this perspective that a lot of people don't have because you went through such, I don't say traumatic, but it's not the right word, but really big life events that are going to shape who you are. And it's like, well, Okay, if I want something, I'm gonna to have to go after it, and yeah. it's gonna take a lot to do. Not I mean, just, you guys know how that is yeah. too. Opening up the gym, you yeah. know, you took it over from. But that. well, specifically too, talking about a generation where everyone considers, right. you know, your your whole generation just lazy, and that's right. obviously not true. Right, you know, like there's people there's there's people out there doing these very very difficult tasks and very time consuming and energy and emotionally consuming, uh, you know professions yeah you know uh, being a pilot is is you know from what I, I understand is just one of the most taxing that you can you can possibly do you mm-hmm. there's so you're in the you're handling hundreds of people's lives at any right. time yeah I'm interested um, quick question on perspective about how have uh, you seen you know have you seen any changes from now you're up in the air more like you said like it's yeah I have a new perspective when I'm up in the air and maybe looking down on you know whatever whatever state or whatever you're flying over at the time um, how's that carried over in just everyday life do you look at things different yeah, oh absolutely so one of the great things about flying at least for me everyone's different but um you know everyone goes through their trials and tribulations in everyday life you know like you can have a roommate piss you off or you know you did that on a test or whatever, and down on the ground, I, like sometimes I let it get to me, like, oh, I could have, you know, gotten those three questions I thought were right, correct, if I just not changed my answer. You know, I could have handled the situation with like my roommate different, but yeah, you, know, you let all those things affect you on the ground. But as soon as you get into an airplane, it's your mind is on aviation and aviation only, and so you just kind of, kind of let your problems stay on the ground when you're up uh-huh. in the air. And so like, I don't know, this is gonna get very poetic of me yeah, right like here. It. But, um, you know, like, when I'm flying, like, I'm looking down, like, at the ground, like, you know, I kind of, like, looking over top of, like, all my problems that are, like, down there, and it just kind of gives me that, like, clear, concise mind of, like, yeah. just... It's funny you say that. Anytime I'm ever in an airplane, I always just think about, like, oh, nothing, none of this stuff really matters. Yeah. You're, like, you especially you fly over other states, you're flying right. over, uh, you know, mountain ranges and things like that, yeah. and you're, like... Like you were mad at that guy for right. that reason, yeah. Like yeah. it doesn't make any sense, yeah. You know, mm. it's just it's and it's funny right now. We're today's election day. This will this will post a little bit later after that. But it's just one of those things where it's like everybody's just in such a tizzy about right. You know these, yep. these elections, and it's like when you say when you're up there and you're a couple thousand feet above everything, like oh, this nothing really matters, right? You know, yeah. <laughs> yeah, is it? I don't know. Aviation does wonders for you mentally. It's just yeah. it, it makes you just clear headed. Very cool. Yeah, that's good. Where uh, where do you want to go in the long run? Um, so after I get all everything done at um, Eastern and get my hours, um, my goal is to start out regional airliner. Um, 
like PSA is where I'd most like to go. Um, and then as I just build time and um, just as I keep going, I like to move up to the major air carriers, Delta, American, United, all of those. Cause Do you want to fly one of those like big, big boys? Yeah. The big boys. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I want to do that. But like, I also want to like stay small too, because it's so easy to like, you hear about pilots that like hate their job because they're like, Oh, like I gotta go fly here and everything. But like my goal is to never get tired because it's like the old saying goes like, if you're doing what you love, you never work a day in your life. And like, that's the mentality that like I want to keep. And so, while going to like airlines and two, like I also want to explore the different parts in the, of aviation because it's so easy to just get caught up in one aspect of aviation, but aviation is everywhere. Wait, right, you don't. You, most people think of it as like flying commercially. Right. There's a yeah. Lot they're like, oh, UPS or Delta. Like you're either flying cargo or you're flying people. But right. there's there is so much more. Like I know people who fly, um like little Cessna 208s and they fly them in between the islands of the Bahamas just taking packages to people and stuff so they literally just wake up like a mail carrier yeah but over in the air but just like a, yeah it's a small little do eight seater airplane or you just shove it yeah you just like you <laughs> land on like this nice little bumpy runway that hasn't been tended to in 36 years mm-hmm. and like but just the fact that you know you get to wake up on the coast of Florida and just go to the airport and then fly around the Bahamas like who wouldn't want to do that yeah right Sounds so. pretty pretty glorious. Yeah, um, yeah, and then you have your um, just being in the photography world. You know, your your kind of pilots who take up photographers. Oh yeah, you know, my my flight instructor did that. He um, they were um, he had a job where he would fly up to New York in the fall last year, oh, yeah. and he would take up a I photographer to capture everything up there. But that's yeah, very cool. Endless opportunities. Well, that's very awesome, man. Uh, and I can't. I know your your mom and your dad can't speak highly enough of you. But just as a as a secondary, you know, Mark myself and Coach Chris specifically, just we've watched you grow um, as a young man. You know, getting through some some really tough times, and yeah. it's been pretty awesome to see updates where you know you're taking your mom up on yeah. you know, in a her flight and stuff like that, which yeah. I'm sure is terrible. My my mom, even when she drives me today, she's hitting an imaginary break through the floor. Right, you know, right. Like, I've been doing this for a while now, yeah. you know, but like, I'm sure it's probably just as nerve-wracking taking your... Yeah, no, I'm excited to get to take, like, my parents up, friends up. But, uh, like, that's what it's all about, you know? Like, I've had my experiences in an airplane, but the other people in my life have not got that experience of flying in a smaller airplane, and that's what I want to give them, so... Very cool. Yeah. Um, so one little question before we head out. Uh, it's just a very simple one. It's just uh, what is your definition of success? My definition of success. Um, to a lot of people, it's let's see how much money I can make by the time I retire. But success for me is by the time, you know, it's time for me to start dialing back in my life. <clears throat> I've, I've just done what I love. Um like money doesn't matter to me I just want to make sure that I'm happy I'm in a good place in life and that I've taken care of all the people around me that matter the most to me so that would be my definition of success very cool yeah thanks again yeah, man. Thanks hey for no absolutely thanks for having me guys I really appreciate it uh, thank you all for uh, 
for listening today. Um, make sure you subscribe on YouTube, iTunes, and everywhere your favorite podcasts are found. You can find us at triumphstrength.net, on Instagram at triumphstrength, and Facebook at facebook.com slash triumphstrength. Thanks again, guys. Absolutely. Seven, I got this new business program.